This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany, and we're back. Yes, who's back? back. <laughs> I think I do that every time. But it's hard not to. It just pops into my head. Well, I mean, at least you said my thoughts, so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it is episode 112. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And we're coming back with a doozy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, this episode is human trafficking. Human douchebags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're welcome. Yay. <laughs> I have was, no enthusiastic words for this one. It was a heavy one to come back to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But alas, here we are. Somebody's got to do it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. So, hi. Uh, go to the Welcome. socials. Go, go there. <laughs> yeah, please, dear God. <laughs> and look for your, I guess, that cryptids and episode pictures and yada, yada, yada. And uh, pictures of the hump day treats because uh, <laughs> it's, it's hump day. day. Yeah. All right. we're nice and festive yeah (laughs) amanda what's our home day treat i don't know okay (laughs) well one of them worked out the original drink will be saved for a later date because i didn't read the instructions in time that happens you're supposed to let it sit for a couple days anyways so one of them that i did get to do was apple nachos I just did caramel sauce and chocolate chips. And it's delicious. Um, Some people put nuts, but we don't like nuts. We don't want the nuts. So I said no to that. Keep your nuts to yourself. And so, (laughs) please, we don't, we don't need to, we don't need them. Okay. Um, (laughs) And since I had to come up with a drink, I was like, well, we haven't had daiquiris in a while. So, Brittany said, surprise me. <laughs> she said, what do you want? And I was like, I don't know. Surprise me. <laughs> Which I replied, I hate you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's love. It is. It's all out of love. But I hate it when she makes me pick stuff. <laughs> she makes me make decisions. <laughs> and I don't like it. So, what I got was a Zachary called Trust Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Trust me. It might kill us. Um, but I did it for the name. Because it's human trafficking. So yeah. that was the only way I could tie the hump day treat in. It's fine. Yeah. It's got amaretta sour, fuzzy navel, and wild screw all mixed into one potion. Um, She's stout. She is stout. It was on the stout section, mm-hmm. but I like the name. So I figured we could do. I got mediums. Okay. Yeah. I'm not trying to kill us. May need to Uber home, but it's fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. You've said that before, and you've powered through. It's true. I have had to get you bitch. to feed me before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I could go home. I need. Food I do and have water. pizza. I have Johnny's pizza <laughs> and, and apple sticks. nachos and apple nachos. I got you covered. Yeah, we're good. Good to go. 
Yeah. I just want to say thanks for um, being patient with us last week for randomly missing a week. And thank y'all for all the thoughts and sweet words on Facebook and stuff and all the messages. That was really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. Your eyeballs are pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> They're a good bunch of people. You're an odd bunch of people. <laughs> Aren't we all, though? That's why we love you. Yeah, and it's way more funner that way. Yeah. Should we get to it? Are we delaying the inevitable? Yeah. A little bit. It's Sitting fine. here playing with my eyelashes. I don't want to. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just going to go ahead and throw out some trigger warnings. Because um, the topic, hello. Yeah. But mine has mentioned, uh, well, Amanda's also, you know, there's underage, you know, kids involved. Yeah. We don't go into detail. So... <laughs> No, not, not really. Mine doesn't really go into detail. I Mm-mm. touch on it and move right along. Yeah. So, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell the story of Liz Williamson. Okay. Okay, so, on her sixth birthday, Liz Williamson was sold into the sex industry. Mm. Her mother wanted to make money off child pornography. (sighs) Breathe for just a second if you need to pull over. (laughs) Did you drop your AirPods? Yeah, mom. She's not a mom. mom did it. She's not a mom. (sighs) Through age 18 on most nights, Liz was raped. It happened in her own home or hotels. Men paid to have sex with her, and her mother told her, Smile, look pretty, and do whatever he says if you love me. Her mom is garbage. Moving right along. Her home featured locks to keep her in her bedroom, and there was pornography playing on the television 24-7. Oh, my God. These were signs that Liz points out could have alerted any visitor that trafficking was occurring. Sex with strange men was a regular part of Liz's life. As a child, Liz tried to run away, but well-meaning hotel employees told her to go back to her room and be polite to her family. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, when was this? It didn't give me an age. Just when she was a child, she was at a hotel one time, and she tried to run away. And the employees thought she was there staying with her family. It was a kid running around the hotel. Right. Get back to your room. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, But she was usually locked in her room at her own house. Gross. Being raped got so ordinary, I forgot it was wrong. The first time somebody didn't listen to my no and didn't get off me, why would I fight after that, she said. As a six-year-old child, you know, what do you do? (laughs) Liz's one respite was reading and writing. She would often hide school books in the room where she was trafficked. Despite all that had happened to her, she would graduate high school. Oh my God! Okay, okay. Good Liz job. is a badass. Wow! Like you're, you'll see. Okay. Liz is a badass. Liz got away from her mother in college, but fell back into sex trafficking. What? When winter break came around, she met a man who started pimping her out. Mm, well. I was with him through all of college. He tolerated me getting my English degree, but he was a master manipulator. I was naive to think he loved me. So she thought that they were in love and she was just doing this to help them. Well, I mean, it's what she grew up with mm-hmm. as well. So she found somebody that loved her. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, poor baby. Then she saw a video that connected her with Jenny Williamson. Okay. Jenny Williamson, who eventually adopted Liz and helped her start healing, is the founder and CEO of Courage Worldwide, a 501c3 nonprofit that builds courage houses for children who have been rescued from sex trafficking. Oh, I love this. Yes, this is fantastic. Okay. In 2008, Jenny Williamson was in church in California and heard about the problem of human trafficking. At first, she just gave a donation, but after more research, she eventually decided to start building courage houses. While Jenny was in the process of getting the first house off the ground, a music video was released for a song written to raise awareness about sex trafficking. Jenny's name was connected with the video, and Liz saw it. Liz sent me an email saying, it's too late for me, but please build this home, Jenny said. Oh, my God. I know. Uh Ah, The two women continued communicating, and Jenny encouraged Liz to get out of her situation. After about six months at age 23, she did. Yes. A compassionate bus driver named Paul offered her a brief shelter from the weather and a homemade sandwich. I almost cried when he gave me that sandwich because he really didn't want anything in return, she said. She's so used to having to give something up. If a man gives her something, she's got to give something up in return. She's got to repay him somehow. It's one of the saddest things Mm -hmm. I've ever heard. That's what her entire life was like. Wow. Liz stayed in a homeless shelter for about another six months and kept talking to Jenny. I would tell her about the home and what we were doing, but I never mentioned we were bringing her there, Jenny said. Later, Jenny said she wanted Liz to move to California and be her daughter. I just said yes, Liz said. So at 23 years old, she's getting a mom. I'm going to cry. I know. (laughs) For Liz, the path after getting free was difficult in large part because she hadn't been taught how to survive in a normal world. I had a degree, but I didn't have any life skills, she said. I didn't know how to just do normal life stuff because in the background, I had been sold from age six. That makes me want to vomit. I know. As she recovered from her ordeal, Liz worked with groups that provided services to minors, talking about her experiences. She became aware of TAT, Truckers Against Trafficking, through a personal friendship with Kyla Lanier. Sure. TAT Deputy Director and Senior Director of Public Sector Engagement. That is a lot of words. Yeah. That's that's quite a title. Yes, it is. I'm pretty sure they didn't put all that on her nameplate. (laughs) <laughs> it's either really little bitty writing or it's a really long name. Really blade. big name blade. <laughs> she helped me remember things I didn't think about, Liz said. She asked, what experience did you have with public transportation while you were trafficked? Things I hadn't thought about for a while. Ooh. So I'm going to tell you a little bit real quick about TAT. Okay. Since its 2009 founding in Oklahoma, Truckers Against Trafficking has changed the hearts and minds of millions of people in and around the trucking industry, and in the process, saved lives, too. The nonprofit organization has grown along with the programs it offers. Today, TAT members and staff work with drivers and carriers, shippers, law enforcement, dealerships, and government agencies to educate as many people as possible how to identify trafficking and what to do when they find it. The organization began with an educational program aimed at truck drivers who often viewed the prostituted people they encountered at truck stops and rest areas as either a sex resource or a nuisance or both. Yep. So that's where it started. It was 
because of this is in my stops. story too. Is it? Yeah. So that's really cool. Okay. TAT asked drivers to consider that many of the women they patronized or criticized were, in fact, underage victims of sex trafficking. TAT training enlightened drivers about the horrible lives the women experienced at the hands of the criminals who trafficked them and provided drivers with another option to help them. Yes. Liz has also addressed the common usage of a common but demeaning term, lot lizard. I have used this term before and never really thought about the magnitude of it. Uh-huh. And this made me feel like shit. So. Well, it's it's a funny word. Yeah. You, know? um, you don't really think about. You, yeah. yeah. So I'm um, going to talk about that a little bit here. Might, might want to retract a few things. <laughs> Truthfully, it dehumanizes you as a person. I understand the perspective that the drivers come from, that it's a nuisance to have prostitution. And I understand all of that, Liz said. However, you're forgetting that this is a human being because I guarantee they wouldn't use the term lot lizard if that was a family member of theirs. <laughs> There's another reason she isn't a fan of the term. It also makes that trafficked person out to be the issue and not the demand for sex trafficking itself, she said. Boom. Because at the end of the day, I wouldn't be out in the parking lot selling myself if someone wasn't buying. Well said, my love. Mm, take that. Uh-huh. Hell yes. TAT has expanded their training to include other areas where trafficking can occur, such as home deliveries, bus stops, and just about anywhere. Uber, Lyft, and similar services, which were just getting started when TAT was formed, now contract with drivers who might observe trafficking anywhere. Some of these drivers were trained through carrier programs that use TAT materials. Many others, however, simply went to the website truckersagainsttrafficking.org and participated in the available video training as individuals. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Delivery drivers, utility employees, and others can identify and report trafficking. There was a misconception for a while that you couldn't be trafficked within your own home, but that was certainly my experience for sure, said Liz. Mm -hmm. I told them I wanted to do the in-home delivery training video because there were certain aspects of my trafficking experience within the home that would have just been off-putting to anyone else if they walked into my house, she said. Absolutely. They would have immediately said, there's something wrong. Because uh, she's right. Like, yeah, she's people right. People don't think about children being trafficked in their own home. No. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Mm. Identifying trafficking or at least being aware of suspicious situations doesn't help if action isn't taken. TAT supports the use of the National Human Trafficking Hotline, which here it is. Get your pencils out if you need it. Write it down. 888-373-7888 to report suspicious activity or to seek help. The hotline is maintained by Polaris, an international anti-trafficking organization. Liz stressed that 911 gets the call if a crime is being committed, but that the TAT hotline may have access to more resources than a local emergency responder. Once the police are notified, the hotline can call on local nonprofits that specialize in trafficking and can offer shelter, counseling, and other services. Calling the hotline also helps TAT compile statistical information that may not be automatically shared by local authorities. So Liz herself runs several online support groups, including, I know, she is such a badass, dude, (sighs) including one specifically for survivors of familial trafficking. She works with a support group for girls from other forms of trafficking, too, such as Romeo pimps, who are traffickers. Ew, what? Yeah. 
I'm finna tell you. Okay. Who are traffickers who control victims through romantic means like her college boyfriend. Ew. Or okay. gorilla pimps who control Ew. victims through physical or uh, psychological abuse. Um, and she helps these girls adapt to new lives. Today, Liz mm. says, my life is dramatically different. It's really good, but I will say that I've never forgotten where I came from. Even though Liz still occasionally struggles with life in the normal world, she's determined to help others find and live the rest of their best post-trafficking lives. Freeing a person from the bonds of human trafficking is only one step in the journey to freedom. Liz says she's happily married today, but that it has been a struggle to adapt to life outside of trafficking. I wasn't convinced there was more to life, she said. You couldn't have sold me that kind of fairy tale. I was just tired of being sold. Fuck. And that is my case. Fuck. Now, I could only find one picture of Liz, so okay. let's go look at it. It's uh, one that they used when she was speaking at a conference. That's a good picture. I know. And you want to hear something weird? I'm pretty what? sure I have that shirt. I have a floral print mustard-colored wrap shirt in my closet. Pretty sure we got the same clothes. Okay, you're going to have to dig it out. I oh, I know, know where it is. Need, it's adorable. Okay, I need to know. We need, <laughs> we need, we need a side-by-side photo. I need... Oh, my God. But, yeah, that that's Liz weird. with a beautiful smile and lovely beachy waves. She's got beautiful blue eyes. I was just looking... Yeah. Like, she just... She's glowing. Doing the damn thing, being the badass bitch that she is. <sighs> Oh, my God. So go, Liz. You have a new fan. Two. Two new fans. Absolutely. She is a, a new hero. Yep. Wow. That's kind of cool that you gave that much information on the Truckers Against Trafficking. Because I did a little bit, but mm -hmm. not like that. So that was perfect. Well, good. It's like we did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, we are so in sync. <laughs> I mean, sometimes... You know, yeah. doesn't happen that often. <laughs> Okie dokie, artichoke, it is my turn. Um, I did a survivor as well, and she was actually rescued in part because of the truckers against trafficking. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, kind of ties in with yours. So, I did the case of Sharon or Sherry Richard, and here we go. A horrifying crime wave is sweeping the nation and touching every major city. Human trafficking forces children into prostitution. An FBI agent says they've rescued kids as young as nine. Mm. Now an Ohio company, Travel Centers of America, is stepping up to help truckers become heroes. A young woman shared a story that's 18 years old, but her pain is as fresh as yesterday. On May 10th, 2013, cheers rang out at, through a Cleveland neighborhood when three young women held captive in a house of horrors for years were finally returned home. You might be familiar with it. Brittany did the case of Ariel Castro a while back. Yes, that, uh, that was a that was heavy episode. The worst. And that was the one where we didn't drink too, so we were all serious. Oh, oh, we were. That was a heartbreaking episode. That was, that was probably, oh, we needed alcohol for that one. Mm -hmm. So what happens when the cheers die down and the harsh reality of starting over after a life filled with terror begins? Mm. 
Sharon Richard of Toledo, Ohio, just 90 miles from Cleveland, knows all too well the burden of living through sex abuse in horrendous captivity and then struggling with the after effects. Today, Sharon is 33 and she is a sex trafficking survivor. Seeing that the Cleveland missing women case, it brought back some of the memories, some of the things that I went through. Um, she said in an interview with Nightline, I couldn't imagine going through what I went through for 10 years, she continued. I mean, that's just torture, and I couldn't even imagine what they went through. A lot of this is a firsthand account Mm -hmm. from her, Good. what happened to you, her and her cousin. So she says like a lot in some of this (laughs) stuff. That's fine. Sometimes we Just do that, warning. too. <laughs> Sometimes we do that, too. Uh, yeah, I catch myself doing that, and I'm like, oh, my God. See? And I say, okay, just, so. I say that a lot. I realize that, guys. I'm sorry. It's just going to happen. It's just what we do. <laughs> They're still here. It's fine. They love us either way, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, in May of 2005, both Sherry, 15 at the time, and her first cousin, Chrissy, 14, were kidnapped as young teenagers and forced into prostitution for nearly two weeks before they were rescued. They first talked to ABC News about their ordeal in 2008. At the time, they were still teenagers, so ABC News changed their names and disguised them in wigs for their own protection during the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, they were Stacy and Kara. So it was it was kind of hard to find a lot of information about them. They have protected these girls um immensely. As they should. They should be children. I'm having trouble finding photos, so at the moment I don't have any photos. So hopefully yeah. by the time this posts I will have some for y'all. <laughs> it's gonna be I'm, a light week for I'm photos. Gonna, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give it another shot. The girls said their nightmare started innocently enough with walking to Wendy's located on a corner near their home. We asked my mom if we could go down and get some Frosties before dinner. I mean, Mm. I get it. I love a good Frosty. This is why kids can't walk anywhere anymore. I don't even let Asher walk around our complex Mm -mm. and it's gated. So, no, Mm -mm. it ain't happening. She says it was getting dark because it was raining. Then a white Lincoln pulled up beside us. Sitting in the passenger seat was a man Sharon said she thought was the father of one of her classmates. At the wheel was an attractive woman she didn't recognize but thought it looked harmless. The two offered a ride. Um, the two offered the girls a ride to Wendy's. All of a sudden, all those warnings they had heard so many times were ignored, and they got in the fucking car. Mm-hmm. My mom told me a million times, no, don't get into a car with strangers. But I thought I knew the guy, so it was stupid. You still don't, I mean. <sighs> I know. There's no way to know anymore. But if your There's mom doesn't not, know where you're at, don't do it. Right. After they got in the car, the couple drove past the Wendy's, saying they wanted to get Chinese food instead. But there would be no Chinese food. The cousins were taken against their will to a house in Toledo and held prisoner. Once inside the house, the terrified girls said that they were separated by two women who called themselves Envy and Cashmere. Oh, no, thank you. Envy takes me downstairs and Cashmere takes my cousin upstairs. She explained to me what I had to do, that I had to sleep with men for money and stuff. Mm -mm. She just came out and said it, she continued. She was just like so comfortable with it. She was just like, yeah, you know, you have to sleep with men for money. And I'm like, what? 
She was like, you'll be a prostitute for daddy. That's what she called him. And she's like, and you'll have to call him daddy. No, thank you. Ugh. It was the first of many nights of terror. The cousins were forced into a world where sex was bought and sold to have perform oral sex on me, on him. Sorry. Let me read that again. I was mm-hmm. reading ahead. Um, the day after they were kidnapped, Sharon said she, her cousin, and the two women went to a hotel where a male stranger got to pick which one he wanted to have perform oral sex on him. And he picked me, Sharon said. Oh, goody. Just so you can know real quick who these douchebags are. Daddy was 40-year-old Derek Willoughby. His two female accomplices were Brandy Shop, 18, and Jennifer Husky, 24, and they were both sex workers for Derek. Mm. Prior to that day, Sharon said she had only had sex one time with a boyfriend, but she would go on to be forced to perform sexual acts with multiple strangers for money. Sherry and Chrissy were part of what has become part of the fastest growing crime in America after drugs, child sex trafficking, according to the Justice Department. I mean, yeah, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Being forced to go from truck to truck asking if the guys would like to have sex with us and we're young girls terrified out of our minds, she related. If one girl tried to escape, the pimp would batter the other. She told the story of the night she thought that her captor was asleep. When Sherry tried to escape, he threw her into a glass table that made her watch while he dragged Christy upstairs by her hair and threw her down the flight of stairs. He did it three times while others forced Sherry to watch. So Sherry worked and kept her tears inside. Oh, my God. I was crying out for help, but I couldn't do it, you know, because I didn't want to end up dead. I didn't want I didn't want her dead, and it would be all my fault. Sherry's story is fe- featured in a video done by Truckers Against Trafficking. Travel Centers of America is requiring all its twenty thousand employees to watch it. Wow. Rodney Jennings has driven cross country for seventeen years and seen children like Sherry at rest stops. Getting in and out of trucks, just going from one truck to another, and I think it's just disgusting, Rodney says. Yes, it is, Rodney. He stopped at the London Travel Center and told um, Nightline that he was so worried that what he saw, so he took action. I bought a dash cam so I can videotape it and turn it over to the authorities, he said. Yes, Rodney, you are not trash. No, not at all. Be like Rodney. (laughs) That's a good one. Be Mm -hmm. like Rodney. Be like Rodney. Travel Centers of America took action, too, by adding flyers at their states nationwide, alerting truckers to the danger kids face and what they should watch for. We're looking for young children, girls or boys, maybe traveling with somebody that doesn't look like a relative or parent. They may look withdrawn or scared, said Rodney Breshnahan. Breshnahan. No, Breshnahan. Store operations manager for the company. We really want them to contact the local authorities or the 1-800 number of Truckers Against Trafficking. We will post that number. Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. Um, Brittany said it once, but it can't hurt to repeat it. That's 888-373-7888. Mm-hmm. Kind of an easy one to remember. It's yeah. a lot of eights. Lots of eights. <laughs> the company also offers cards with the hotline number on it. He said, I just picked one up. An alert trucker trucker spotted Chrissy and Sherry at a truck stop in Detroit and called police. 
Good job, fellas. The girls were rescued, and that was the beginning of the end of the 14-state prostitution ring they were a part of. Oh, my gosh. But there are thousands more like Sherry, so this company and the truckers they serve are joining hands to help them, too. Breshnahan said that this new form of slavery also takes place around airports, railroads, and shipping yards because truckers crisscross the country. They can act as eyes and ears for the police. We can make an impact here, he says. FBI agent Evan Nicholas said that while some of the kids being trafficked are runaways, many others are like Sherry and are kidnapped off the streets. University of Toledo sociologist (laughs) Celia Williamson studies the sexual exploitation of teenagers and started a program that helps rescue victims. According to Williamson, young girls who are snatched and forced into prostitution often are too scared to escape or cry for help. Because that pimp says to her, I will hurt your family. I will hurt your siblings. You better not say anything to anybody. So, yeah, as a kid, they're scared. Mm -hmm. Sharon said she has watched the terror in Cleveland unfold and has been thinking about what lies ahead for the three freed kidnapped victims. This was at the time of the article. Mm -hmm. She herself has spent years recovering, suffering from depression and post-traumatic stress. Yeah. She has also had run-ins with the law for shoplifting and served jail time. Some days I just don't know how I'm going to get through it. I just pray and I say, just get me through this day because I can't. I can't do it myself. Jesus, take the wheel. Mm. Sharon still lives in Toledo. She has two children who live with her mother and she is separated from her husband. She offered some hard-earned words of wisdom for the survivors who are just beginning their long road to recovery. She said, I know what they went through was hard, okay? And I know they don't want to talk about it because it's embarrassing what you've done, but it's not your fault. I just want to say that no matter what happened, even if you're brainwashed to think that you wanted to do it, you did not want to do it. And it's not your fault. You need counseling. You need professional help. There's nothing wrong with that. You get the help you need and use your support system, your family, and just use the things around you and stuff so it gets better. Sometimes to escape what happened to her, Sharon said she tries to surround herself with people who love her. When I go to the park with my children or go with friends or family or go to the movies, just getting out and getting away from things that remind me of it so it's not all bad, but it definitely is a big load to carry. I mean, her words of advice can go for any traumatic event survivor. Mm -hmm. It's so sad, but I thought that it was neat that that program actually helped her get rescued. Yeah. One trucker said, "Mm, she looks a little young. I'm going to report this. And, you know, too, it's not always if they look young. No. Well, like some of these women, even if they're not children, some of these Mm -hmm. women are still being forced to do this. And he said she acted off and mm -hmm. just. And something else that um, I had read in another article when I was doing my research, it's not always women. Yeah, it's not. Sometimes it's men and boys also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nobody's safe. Mm -mm. Ugh. So now that you're all terrified. Yeah. Keep your kids on leashes. I don't care how old they are. Put, put, I don't give a shit. I'm about to start putting that backpack leash on my kid. Oh my God. Oh my God. Please. Um, look at Walmart and stuff like that. We hold hands in the parking lot. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Sometimes we're arm linked. 
because I just don't know if somebody's going to jump out from behind a car. She's cute. <laughs> Can't with you. I know. Ashton holds my hand, too, but he's five, so. I don't know. I think it's still kind of sweet that she's willing to in public. Yeah. I mean, she's 11, but yeah, she's so grown. And I know Ashton's going to get to the point where he doesn't want to hold my hand anymore. But I've already started teaching him, you know, not to get too far away from me. Because if I can't reach oh, out yeah. and touch you, I can't help you. And yep. I've I've said that to him before. Like, you can't get far from mom. If I can't reach out and touch you, then I can't help you if something happens. Yep. So. Yeah, because I've seen videos where people have snatched the kid and they're just standing right behind their mom. But um, I saw one uh, that was in a family dollar mm-hmm. where the man took the child out of his mother's hands. Yep. Yep. And another I about that one. Another uh, shopper at Family Dollar, a man, saw it happen, and he chased the dude down in the parking lot. Yep. It's time, time for guess that cryptic. <laughs> okay. Alrighty, Rue. Um, it is still cryptid number five. You've had two clues so far. We're gonna give them another one. Okay. So here it is, cryptid number five. Clue number three. Listen close. Shh. Listening ears. It lives in swamps. And lagoons. 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 I like lagoons. Lagoon. That's a cute word. It is. So one more time. It lives in swamps and lagoons. Lagoons. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Go make your guesses. <laughs> guess things. <laughs> guess things. You can only guess once per cryptid. But if you want to guess in private... It won't count if you get it right, but you can absolutely message us and see if you're correct. We'll tell you if you're not. Yeah. You know, to to our previous winners. Mm-hmm. Shannon does it quite frequently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's gotten them right. Yep. So. Oh, and um, those of you that sent in spooky stories. Oh, yeah. Like I announced, we aren't going to do that episode right now. We will save those. We got a few great ones. Yes, yes, we and, did. And uh, we'll compile one later, but it just, it's, it's not, not go- in our favor right now. Yeah. If things had gone the way they were supposed to, we could have fit it in, but... It is what it is. Yeah, life happens. Mm-hmm. So, but they will not be ignored. They will be used. I promise. Yes. I promise. We will figure it out. And that's it. And that gives you, if you thought you missed the deadline, that gives you some more time. You can send us one. Yeah. <laughs> now there's kind of not a deadline. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Just but if do you it. had just one and you're like, damn it. Now you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So do that. Send us some stories. Um, rate and review us. Guess you're cryptid. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have a hump day treat. And happy humping. Happy humping, everyone. (laughs) Like the Christmas carol. (laughs) 
happy humping everyone. <laughs> All right, it's time for us to go. Yep, I'm going. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.